guys welcome to the show i'm your host amala Epinobi. happy wednesday and as always we have taylor in nashville happy wednesday i got my tea here getting ready for amala to give us the tea on emma roberts and all these other juicy stories yeah i'm like i'm not even sure at this point if this is tea uh whatsoever i've just been looking at stuff that has been popping up on twitter and it seems like emma roberts might be on uh what is what is it called these days the toxic gossip train <laughs> <laughs> that what Colleen Ballinger called it. Uh, Emma Roberts is taking some heat. We are going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about some students in Pennsylvania who are now protesting because transgender students are allowed to use the bathroom of their chosen gender, which means males are able to go into the bathroom with females and students are up in arms over that. We're also going to talk about whether or not Stonehenge was uh, built by black people which is a fun little thing that's circulating on online right now due to a children's book that recently got put out. And just talking about race swapping things in general, plus a conversation about what about meism, which we'll get to and maybe you are familiar with. But first, let's start out with what's going on with Emma Roberts. Here is what was posted on Twitter by Popbase. It says, Angelica Ross says that Emma Roberts misgendered her on the set of American Horror Story 1984. Angelica stated that when the two of them were both referred to as ladies on set, Emma replied, don't you mean lady? While looking at Angelica. Now for a little bit of background here, Emma Roberts is of course a very famous uh, actress. You might know her if you were younger watching Emma Roberts from her movie Wild Child. What other show was she on? Fabulousness, I think, was was another big show on Nickelodeon that she starred in. She's also I been... I can't help you here with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not part of your expertise, huh, Taylor? Uh, no, but Emma Roberts was in Hotel for Dogs when I was a kid. Loved that movie. But she also starred in AHS, American Horror Story. And most notably, and the best season, in my opinion, was Coven. Now, Angelica... Uh, Ross was also starring in the show. Angelica is a transgender woman, meaning biological male who identifies as female. And Angelica Ross took to Instagram to talk about an incident that she had with Emma Roberts. Now, this incident took place when they were filming AHS 1984, allegedly, uh, according to Angelica Ross. And this was in 2018. So we are years parted from this supposed incident. But let's hear from Angelica Ross, her slash himself, about what happened with Emma Roberts. I'm standing in front of Emma, talking to her like this. And she's, you know, she's in front of me, her back against the mirror. She goes, John... Angelica's being, Angelica's being mean, and he goes, and I know she's being, you know, she's not being for real, for real, she's just being whatever, and, and John is like, okay, ladies, you know, that's enough, let's, you know, like, get back to work, and she then looks at me, and she goes, she goes, don't you mean lady, and she turns around like this, and covers her mouth, and goes back here, but can't see, I'm looking at her dead ass in the camera, like, what the fuck did you just say? And I'm standing there looking her dead ass in the damn thing, and I'm like, trying to process 
the fuck she just said. And I'm like, I'm standing there and she walked away. My blood is boiling. Boiling. Because I'm like, if I say something, it's going to be me. That's the problem. And I know this because there was someone who spoke up about what she was doing and they got repercussions from it. Not her, they did. So when I saw that happening, I was just like, I, I'm done. I'm done. I didn't speak to that bitch the entire time after that. So we had scenes together and I never spoke to her. She said, she said to me, she could feel the energy coming off of me. She was like, are you okay? You haven't been talking. I'm like, mm-hmm. Cause bitch, don't play me. You've been playing mind games with everybody on the set and everybody's been waiting for the moment that you would get me. Okay, so this goes mega viral due to this conversation and everybody's talking about Emma Roberts calling her a transphobe saying she needs to be canceled and me, little old me, I saw this video and I'm like, why, why is anybody surprised by this? <laughs> Nobody in their right mind should be surprised by this. One, if you watch any of the characters that Emma Roberts plays outside of like the stuff she did when she was younger, you can tell she's not going to be the nicest individual and she's probably not going to like take kindly to other people on on her set and I can totally imagine her saying something like this again this is alleged so who knows whether or not this actually happened but when I heard the story I was like yep that 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 sounds about right now would I personally as somebody working on a set in this situation uh call out somebody in that way or make a make a joke like that and say don't you mean lady probably not if you've already accepted the role to be on this show and to be around somebody who you know is trans i don't see the point in like ruffling feathers and causing the whole problem however her analysis is not wrong <laughs> uh it's just not we we both know it's not the nicest thing to to do to somebody especially if you are going to be working with each other continuously throughout the course of of being on set but do i put this past emma roberts whatsoever no and it's so funny because i feel like a few weeks ago i had seen this video of emma roberts and uh it's her she was shopping at a bookstore right and Bill Clinton happens to be at the same bookstore. He's got his Secret Service and everything. And of course, paparazzi show up and they're there to take photos of, of Bill Clinton as he's there. And Emma Roberts walks out of the bookstore <laughs> and up to one of the Secret Service men who's kind of standing in the doorway and is like, get out of the way. <laughs> I'll show you the clip. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Out of the way. You can tell, you can just tell when looking at this girl whenever she's not acting, uh, that she's just not nice. I I don't know what else to say about her. And if you look at the characters that she plays, I think it's a direct reflection of who she may be as an, indivi an individual. There's a reason like she's so good at playing that bitchy mean girl character, and it's probably because she's not acting, right? Like deep down that is who she is. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say she she definitely gives me that uh, Regina George energy. 
<laughs> uh, but I mean, maybe that, I'm an, I'm an older uh, millennial, so that's the the reference I get. But mm-hmm. yeah, I generally agree with you. I mean, no shocker to anybody who watches that I'm generally on the same page as you with this. But like, yes, I see a lot of comments where they're like, "Oh, it's based." She, you know, she just spoke the truth, which is true. But it was also just you're technically a coworker, and you're in an environment with this person working on a project together, and you go out of your way to kind of say something that is clearly whether or not it's you have different ideologies or whatever. Like it's going to be offensive to them to their face. And that's just an unnecessary thing. So obviously it was a mean thing. Now, why is uh, Angelica coming out five years later uh, with this story? Who knows? Does she have proof that it even happened? Who knows? Uh, But is it believable that Emma would do something like this? Absolutely. Yeah, I am not at all shocked. I wonder what the repercussions are going to be of this. I mean, they're going to have a hard time. She's no no stranger to like PR problems in in the the press and in the general public. I think by and large, people know Emma Roberts is not the nicest individual. I don't think this is going to be any sort of cancellation. It'll probably trend for today and uh, go away. I don't know that we're going to be getting, you know, a toxic gossip train slash Drew Barrymore apology or you know a Mila and Ashton apology on a on a white backdrop <laughs> in in yeah, her she mansion strike me as the type yeah but no do you think she will be asked about this though by the by the media or social media people and what do you think the fallout could be for her you know I don't know if she's going to be asked about this uh you guys reminded me in the chat down below that Emma Roberts was in this whole scandal over beating Evan Peters she dated Evan Peters who was also uh, on American Horror Story and was accused of domestic violence. I don't know that she was ever confronted for that. And that was like a pretty well-known story throughout uh, the United States, at least. And maybe, maybe one uh, brave reporter will talk to Mean Girl Emma Roberts about this this incident. And who knows what she'll say. I think, uh, you know, she's an actress at heart, so maybe she'll play it off. Maybe she'll say it didn't happen. Uh, But... Honestly, what are you going to do? All she said was, you mean lady? Well, I mean, like, what? How, well, how much punishment do you want her to to have for that, if that's even the case, you know? I think it's just yeah. going to be an internet story for a little while, and people go, oh, shocker, the girl who plays the mean girl and who is the mean girl and who hits her boyfriend said a mean thing to a castmate? Oh, my gosh. Maybe it'll start a broader conversation about how you know, Hollywood cushions, cushions their talent. But I mean, it's not going to change anything, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think the subtext, though, of transphobia in particular is why this became such a story. Like if she just said, your teeth are crooked or something like that, you know, it would not be a story at all, just because that's consistent with her character. But the fact that it was specifically against trans person, and this is there's intersectionality involved and someone in Hollywood, someone who's in has a big public profile, said something that put a toe out of line with regard to transgenderism. Now it's going to be this massive deal. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, why didn't you confront her in 2018? I sort of get it. You know, Emma Roberts is very well known within the space of American Horror Story. I'm sure beloved uh, among the the people who run the show, maybe not the cast members and the workers, but uh, the, the people who run the show. And maybe there's a little bit of safeguarding there. So just an interesting thing that immediately went went viral. And I think my prediction is that it will pass. Now, what may not pass are these protests that are happening in Pennsylvania. Here's the headline out of the New York Post. It says hundreds of high school students organized walkout to protest trans bathroom rule. Rights are now compromised. We'll read a little bit here. Hundreds of students from Pennsylvania's Perkiomen Valley School District walked out of class Friday after the local school board failed to enact a policy requiring transgender students to use the restroom corresponding with their bio 
biological sex. So they were trying to get this passed and said, you know, if you are a trans student, you have to adhere to your biological sex, meaning if you are a man who identifies as a woman, you have to go to the men's bathroom. That's just what we want. And the school board said, nope, we are not passing that. Go on about your business. Choose the bathroom of your choice. Now, kids were uh, upset about this and ended up walking out of school. It looks like, you know, maybe even hundreds of them. Here's a video. So that's hundreds of students mobilizing and saying, you know what, if you're not going to listen to us and our calls for protecting women's spaces, privacy, and just bathroom, the bathroom in general, uh, we will walk out of school and make our voices heard. Now, we have yet to hear back as to whether or not the school board is reconsidering this, but what seems to have precipitated this uh, policy advocacy was a local father by the name of Tim Jagger, who posted on social media that his daughter was left quote, too upset and emotionally disturbed, end quote, to walk into school bathrooms after allegedly having an encounter with a transgender student in one of the facilities, according to WPVI-TV in Philadelphia. And now the outlet's report, however, said neither the father nor his daughter were 100% sure that the student that Jagger's daughter encountered in the bathroom was a biological male. Now, I can understand that. There's a little bit of confusion. She can't say with 100% certainty whether or not this is male or female. But as time goes on, it's going to be increasingly difficult to discern these sort of things and to figure out who is who and what is what. In the meantime, can we maybe decide that girls should be able to use their bathroom if they're girls? Uh, just leave that out <laughs> in the air. What do, what do we hear on that? Crickets. Crickets. Nothing. Because I don't understand why the school board can't just come forward and say, you know what, with that being said, just in case this ever does become a problem, maybe we allow the female locker rooms and the bathrooms to remain for biological females, considering there seems to be a great amount of concern here. Why not just put that in the rules so that everybody knows it's made very clear, but no, uh, that doesn't happen. I guess in the name of, of inclusivity and diversity, we are allowing these things to happen. It's very reminiscent of the sorority girl story that happened. And many of you went to the comments and said, Amala, Amala, the reason that those sorority girls were forced to stay with a biological male is because their bylaws were sort of made with inclusivity in mind and that they failed to really detail what the definition of a woman was, left it very broad and left it open for the sake of a, a leftist agenda and then ended up having to deal with the repercussions of that. And I think there's room for, for that discussion and you sort of do get what you ask for when you allow that. But I can't help but think that not every single girl, uh, girl's opinion and perspective was utilized in creating the bylaws for that sorority in particular. And if you have even one woman who is uncomfortable with a male living with them, being in their space, using their bathrooms, that should be listened to. And we should hear that out to the fullest extent that we can. Because once you allow this to happen, it's going to go gangbusters, baby. There's going to be problems everywhere. And it seems like a possible problem had already occurred with this uh, young woman having to encounter a transgender student in the bathroom. 
What can I say? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because like you said, this is about protecting women and the existence of a loophole where a male who wants to pose as a female Mm -hmm. in order to gain access to women in a closed vulnerable space can use this loophole. Now, are all trans people uh, violent people who are going to assault women in bathrooms? Of course not. But uh, does the existence of the loophole allow for anyone who wants to identify as trans for the purposes of doing that? Does it allow them to do that? Uh, Yes. And so until we can mitigate against that vulnerability, uh, then we need we we need a different solution than just opening up women's spaces to men who want to use that uh, loophole in order to gain access to women and uh, potentially do either expose themselves to them, as we've seen in places like We Spa or worse, as we've seen in like that Loudoun County story Mm -hmm. and and others since then. So uh, it's a difficult thing. But and I think a lot of this stems from just how do you distinguish between uh, somebody who is genuinely uh, trans and someone who just is, uh, you know, identifying that as that for the day in order to exploit people, a similar problem that we've seen in prisons and that's a problem that is yet to be solved. The current standard uh, that I hear is basically, you know, trans women are women. Believe believe them. Like, whatever they say, whatever they feel, that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the truth. And, uh, I mean, I guess you could say we need you need to, to have a valid uh, gender dysphoria diagnosis. But even that, it seems like not probably the best solution. Um, and, however, on the other hand, we have a clear distinction between men and women, biologically, male and female. That's pretty tried and true. And it that solves the issue of this uh, this loophole uh, from the get-go. And so unless you want to talk about some other hybrid solution where we have like uh, inter, you know, uh, gender-neutral bathrooms, which seems to be the new, becoming increasingly the new norm everywhere you go now, uh, to me, that's, that's, I guess, plausible, even though it's silly, it seems silly that it's necessary now. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just a tough situation. Yeah, and I get like, if I... If I try to put myself in the shoes of a trans person who truly believes that they are another gender and is experiencing gender dysphoria and wants to go to the bathroom of their choice, I can understand why it might be difficult day in and day out to be, you know, told you need to go to the the men's bathroom even though you identify as a woman. I can totally understand that. I can understand that maybe a biological the other biological men in that bathroom maybe w- might not want you there. Maybe it might not be the nicest to you, and that's a really difficult thing to to grapple with but you can't go like create another much broader and in my opinion much more dangerous problem for where biological females in order to you know cushion and comfort somebody who's part of a much much smaller minority now a lot of people say just create gender neutral you know single stall bathrooms i don't know how that's going to work on like massive school campuses that have you know thousands of students here in this country but i could see that maybe working on a small scale it's just crazy all the like bending over backwards that needs to be done for what i believe to be (laughs) and a choice to not identify with reality now speaking of not identifying with reality uh, let's get into some history. Now, I'm going to be honest. I do not care about Stonehenge. It has never been something that I've thought about deeply. You know, there's this whole trend right now about asking men how often they think about the Roman Empire and their answers are like once a week. Every time I, I, I use the toilet, every time I, I read anything, I think about the Roman Empire, uh, which, by the way, Taylor, how often are you thinking about the Roman Empire? Let's get that out of the way. 
Uh, in some way, shape, or form, I'd say it probably pops in my head and like you know every week. Uh, but <laughs> so weird. <laughs> but I'm more I'm just a history buff in general. So like right now, I watched like two hours of a Civil War documentary last night. That's been the phase. I've been into Viking Norwegian history a lot. But the the Roman Empire. I mean, I don't want to get started, but they <laughs> they have so much influence over philosophy, architecture, culture, infrastructure, military, like so many different dimensions of of the world that we now live in. And it's and it's uh, it's hard not to see it. So, yeah. And we, we should ask you guys in a poll down below how often you think about the, the Roman Empire because I'm seeing you guys funnel in your answers. I can tell you guys never is my answer. I also asked my boyfriend and he said never, which was a rare thing that I wasn't expecting because every mm. single man is saying like at least a few times a month, every single day, once a week, whatever. These are not things that I generally concern myself with. Now, the reason I brought that up is because we're getting into some history here and talking about Stonehenge. Recently, a children's book was put out and it was made by a, a Nigerian British author uh, and they're essentially saying that Stonehenge was built by black people. Now here is what this book looks like and it says quote Britain was a black country for more than 7,000 years before white people came and during that time the most famous British monument was built Stonehenge <laughs> which even in not being a history buff whatsoever, knowing virtually nothing about Stonehenge, not concerning myself with it, I thought that doesn't sound right to me whatsoever. And I know we're still in this back and forth of nobody really knows who, who built Stonehenge. Some people say it was just a large group of people who figured out you know, physically how to move these super heavy rocks. Other people say it was giants. Other people say it was aliens. There's constant debate around this. But one I had not heard was that it was black people. <laughs> Until now. And we're going to play a, a clip here of uh, some individuals on the news discussing this and giving their take. Let's hear it. Black British history. I've got it here. This is a new children's book aimed at seven-year-olds by the Nigerian-born author Ati Nuke. Uh, within it, she boldly asserts that the UK was a black country for over 7,000 years before white people came along, adding that the prehistoric monument of Stonehenge in Wiltshire was built by black people. Scientists have been swift to pour cold water on the claims, with recent research stating that it's impossible to know the skin colour of our earliest inhabitants. The historian Dr Zahir Masani said the book is typical of the kind of wokedom that's been colonising our schools. It's evidence of brainwashing children with outright lies, confusion and misinformation. So, Calvin Robinson, do you think books like this are indoctrinating kids into believing a false version of history? Have you had a... I mean, I, I have you had guys a have been through. reading it I have. tonight. I, it's massively hyperbolic. Mm. It's actually insane, the revisionist history that takes place in there. You know, blacks were here first, blacks built Stonehenge. It's like, you can, you can say that we had a diverse culture to some extent, but it was so minuscule. Up until the 1950s, Britain was predominantly white. And that's not a judgment call. That's not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. That's a fact. These people are insane. And it's actually... It's very toxic because what they're doing is they're, they're causing division. They're saying they're pitting white people against black people and saying, actually, this is black history. Britain is black. It's like, it's, it's, it's a lie. No, Rick, I know you. And that's really interesting. I, I wish that we would just find actual acts of black history rather than like going through history that we can pretty much assume uh, was carried out by white people and saying, no, it was black people. And we're doing it all the time now. It's like, 
Uh, Queen Charlotte, everybody's saying, oh, well, it's it's very possible that Queen uh, Charlotte in, in the UK, that, that she was black. Cleopatra, with the whole Jada Pinkett Smith uh, historical documentary that she created, uh, we're, we're pretty sure that she was black, so we're going to claim that. Jay-Z's making his new movie about, like, the Book of Clarence and making everybody black. Uh, you know, we're going to go through biblical history and throw a bunch of black people in there. Why not do it with Stonehenge as well and just claim everything to be black? This author also believes uh, that this sort of human relic known as the, the Cheddar Man, it's, I guess, one of the oldest human remains to ever be discovered in Britain. She's claiming that he's as dark as can be, even though scientifically they have not yet been able to figure out the skin color of, of individual remains that are dated that far back. So why is it that you feel the need to take pieces of history and just claim them as being black? I think maybe there's a deep sense of insecurity there uh, that you're not being recognized. So instead of like going out and finding actual pieces of black history, you just take other parts of history that people already have this deep seated uh, attachment to and you go, that's black, going to label that just to throw that in your face. And what it does is first off invalidates real black history. Second off, it's going to create more racial divide as you just start to claim things that people by and large know you are being factually incorrect when talking about. So what do you feel the need? And then it also spins this narrative to children that white people are just constantly stealing pieces of black history and painting it white for, for the masses and selling it back to them, which by and large is not happening. Stop it. Get some help, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Stonehenge is known for being really uh, like a mystery and it's prehistory. We don't really know who set it up or what, what for necessarily. There's a lot of gaps to be filled in. But to to posit a theory about that is one thing. And we've seen all, all manner of theories like that, that you referenced. Did aliens set it up or something like that? And of course, that can't be proven. It belongs in like a History Channel documentary that your dad's watching at 2 a.m. Like that's kind of where that belongs. And for me, when I when I hear this claim, I'm like, OK, if you want to posit this outlandish uh, you know, this outlandish theory that uh, it was black people who built Stonehenge uh, that's built on very slim evidence, then make the 2 a.m. documentary about it, put it there. But like, don't put it in a children's book about history where you're like teaching kids that this actually happened or, or insinuating it as such, because that's where it's irresponsible. And honestly, it, for this to be received in in the public sphere, in the media, in the history circles, as anything less than that, uh, is is kind of racist because you're lowering the standards. Because oh well, this this is a, a black person and this is a, this black history thing, and we feel bad for them, so we need to not treat it as the ridiculous assertion that it actually is. So it. I don't know. I just feel like this belongs in that uh, conspiracy theory space, which is fine. You know, you can posit crazy ideas about anything. And if there's maybe there's a shred of evidence, you can base that off of and, and run wild with it. But like, don't put it in like a history book for kids. That's just that's going a little too far. Yeah, I know. Let's just go convince a bunch of seven year olds that this is absolutely true. It's just ridiculous. I mean, yeah, it's fair to like put it out as a theory and admit that you don't know. It's just like everybody else doesn't know. You know what? Just on a side note, I don't have we tried just recreating Stonehenge 
somebody who likes history, you know, let me know down below. I was watching a video today about it because I'm like, I don't technically know anything about this structure. Let's look into it. And apparently there were two guys who did try to like recreate their own like mini form of, of Stonehenge and to see if it was possible for humans to make movements like this. And they figured out that it probably is possible, although they used much lighter rocks. I don't know why we don't just get together and recreate Stonehenge and then go, okay, cool. Humans can do that. <laughs> well, you know, you're getting into like the Graham Hancock, Joe Rogan podcast territory where they're like, oh, it's aliens that built the pyramids and humans couldn't have made something like this and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's it's interesting to listen to, but don't don't kill everyone's fun, Amala, by just uh, you know, making it just so like, that humans did everything. That's, dude, that's no fun. Let's just get together and try it, y'all. <laughs> let's, let's put the theories to bed. Let's put the rumors to bed and we'll just figure this stuff out. I mean, it's crazy to me that like we've come so far to technologically and industrially and we're still like damn how did those rocks get in that position <laughs> um but uh, alas i think we'll be concerning ourselves with this for uh centuries to come if if not maybe you know maybe decades maybe in decades we'll figure for the it out record, i do think it is fascinating and i am very curious to know like i wish we could know just the fact that you fit some things in history that you just don't have enough information about are just kind of unknowable to a degree. It's, it's it, that mystery just keeps it alive. I don't know. I, I want to know and I, I'm interested in it. So I, I'm not one of these like, oh, whatever, I don't care because yeah. we have modern, we can build cool stuff now. It's like, no, well, I mean, yeah, but we came from somewhere. Where did this all come from? I, I, we're connected to that. I don't know. That's I'm not so saying I don't care. I'm just saying, how have y'all not figured it out by now? Like, I literally have a microwave downstairs that heats my food up in one minute and y'all can't figure out how the big rock got to stand up <laughs> i can't i just can't i don't know i don't know it just it's just really interesting to me that this is something that we have yet this is a code that we've yet to crack um so y'all let me know I'm, i can guarantee you i'm never gonna look this up probably ever again uh <laughs> But well, let me know. Of, uh, speaking of mystery and differences between the sexes and people caring about things and not caring about things, uh, we did a poll about how often men that are watching think about the Roman Empire. Uh, we have 7% of you say daily, 15% say weekly, 30% monthly or less, and 48% the rest of you are women. So Okay, there so there's quite a bit of you thinking about the Roman Empire and fairly often, which I get it, I understand it. If you're truly thinking about like where all things come from in our current civilization, it would lead you back to the Roman Empire. So understand. I understand. I don't know what the Roman Empire is for women. I've seen people trying to figure that out on the internet. Uh, mine is the Twilight series featuring Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. So <laughs> I do, uh, in fact, think about that daily. So that is my my Roman Empire. Also extremely culturally significant, world shaping, um, just a cinematic masterpiece. So that so is mine. stereotypical vampire romance novels is what women think about. That is mine. Way to just lean right into it. <laughs> And Hunger Games, uh, which the new trailer for the new Hunger Games movie that's coming out in November just came out. Uh, not sponsored, but I was watching that. What really sucks is that Rachel Zegler is the lead. I still really like her, and I think she's really talented. I hope while I'm watching this film, literally the day it comes out, I'm going to go. But I hope I can just shield myself from everything that I know about her personally in order to have a great experience with this uh, Hunger Games prequel because... I, I'm disappointed. I was so excited when she got casted and then she did the whole Snow White thing and uh, it just a little kind of kind of irked me to my core, as they say. So hopefully I can overlook it for the sake of the film because y'all know me and I love The Hunger Games. Now, speaking of movies that are going to be coming out, 
This was posted on a box office Mexico. It says the controversy begins. Nico Parker, who uh, you will know from the show The Last of Us. She played the daughter who in the first episode gets... Uh, in The Last of Us, that's not a spoiler. You should know that by now, so don't come for me. Um, who will play Astrid in the How to Train Your Dragon live action confirms that the cast will be diverse despite occurring in the Viking era in Scandinavia to move away from, quote, Viking stereotypes, end quote. Now, this is a direct shot. I mean, a direct hit at Taylor and his ancestors. So I am going to let Taylor respond to this first. <laughs> How do you feel? I mean... I I don't like race swapping in general and yeah it's a little bit hits a little bit close to home when they do it with uh little Scandinavian Viking history I mean it doesn't get much much more pasty white than that uh, they recently I was watching a show called Vikings of Valhalla which is like a spin-off of the show Vikings which is an awesome show um, and in Vikings of Valhalla, they have this like queen character who's has this who's like queen of a city in Sweden or whatever in a civilization there and uh, is black. And they just somehow and of course, all of her warriors are like these Amazon warrior women who are beating the crap out of men and everything. And I was like, OK, guys, I watch this because it's like a historical fiction. I want to like be translated into that era and experience it and like follow a, a cool story in the midst of that. And you're just jamming this stuff in there. It, it really takes away from the believability aspect. I think they like wrote it in where her husband, because Vikings did go down into like Eastern Europe and even as far down into like Northern Africa and stuff. So they were positing that the, her husband had taken her from somewhere else and, and then he died and then she became queen or whatever. But it's like that, that didn't actually happen in history. So can we just, can we just like not put stuff in in these these giant media productions that just misrepresents history? It, it, it takes away from the believability and just why? Just why is yeah. it necessary? I don't understand. Can y'all stick to the script, please? <laughs> no, but they can't help themselves. Also, Taylor, you're gonna have to scream for the rest of the show because people are saying your volume is low. Just so okay. Just so you know, just just scream your little heart out. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, they just can't help themselves. Obviously, How to Train Your Dragon is like a cartoon or whatever, but uh, alas, they will do the same thing with this cartoon as they do with everything else. Even this, interestingly enough, they didn't try to pull something where they said, oh, well, you know, actually, Vikings were, you know, multicultural and, you know, all over the spectrum or whatever. They didn't even try to pull that. They just said, even though we know homeboys were Scandinavian, we're going to be in putting our diversity in there just cause just cause that's what we do these days so that'll be fun i'm not a tra train your dragon stan so i will not be watching this in theaters but if you are you know what to expect now we're going to talk about sneeko and really for no other reason than this video recently went viral on Twitter of him talking to presumably some of his younger fans i suck at being able to tell who what what age people are in when they're kids or whatever. But I bet these kids are like 13, 14. They don't look like they're anywhere near driving, but they also look like they might be in like middle school. Uh, so he got to meet a group of young fans. I'm going to give a little warning for language from these little boys, but let's hear what they had to say to Sneeko. Okay, 
Jan. Super cute. Love that. So, uh, what they said was, F women. To which Cinco said, no, we love women. And then they said, but not the trans ones. Also, F the gays. Kill the gays. Uh, is what these young boys said. And in analyzing this video, I've seen it like a, a couple times, right? You can tell that there's an element within their eyes of like, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm saying what you wanna hear, right? This is like your message. I'm saying like, I'm saying what you taught me, right? Andrew Tate, we hate gay people, we hate trans people and F women, right? Right, Seiko? And of course he's confronted on, on video with this message and he's like, no, no, you know, ah, what have I done or whatever. Uh, and this is the argument that I feel has always made the most sense in in talking about him. I don't think for but for any reason this guy needs to be deplatformed or censored or anything like that. And if, if somebody wants to watch Sneeko and they're a fan of Sneeko and what he brings to the space, that's totally fine. I think the only sound argument that's been made by people on the left in regard to his content is that this is the message that young boys take away from from watching somebody like him. And this video made it you know abundantly evident. If you're watching this at like 12, 13 years old, that probably is the underlying message that you're going to get from him. Even though, uh, you know, he, he might elaborate on his thoughts more and his message may not actually be F women and F the gays and F transgender people. When you don't have the, the mental faculties <laughs> to put arguments together and to string along, you know, different nuances when you're having a discussion, that very well be, uh, it, it might be the message that you leave with as a, a young kid. And I think that's only that's been the most valid argument here. Now, is this normal behavior for kids this age? Probably. I'd say it's on the more extreme end of normal behavior for kids like this. When you're like 12 or 13 year old boy, you like to say things that like, or, you know, are, are abrasive. If you've ever put on somebody's headphones while they're sitting in a video game lobby. You've heard 12 to 13 year old boys saying probably the most heinous stuff you've ever heard in your life, far worse than what's being said here. And I think that's an element of it. Is he to be blamed for what these boys are saying? No, everybody's responsible for their own thoughts, feelings, actions. But this video blew up and people were saying, Sneeko's ruining a generation of young men. This is the message that they're leaving his, his videos with. This is what they're being encouraged to say and think and feel. And I mean, to that I say, I could see how, from what they watch, maybe this is the message that they take home. But also, at least in the moment, Sneeko said, no, you know, we love women. And you know, this is not, not the message that I'm trying to push forward. Now this goes viral. People are calling him out. Everybody's saying like, look what he's doing. Hassan posts the video. Everybody's coming after him. Sneeko responds saying they are children and obviously joking. This is how I was at 12. If it sounds egregious to you, blame the rainbow flags in their classrooms. Blame the media emasculating men. It's your fault for forcing an obvious agenda. Not these kids. Boys will be boys. And I don't know that you can just like point in in either direction. I think it's one of those just pendulum swing things that goes goes back and forth. And in part, yeah, uh, this sort of rhetoric is a response to an agenda that's being placed in front of kids. But it's also clearly uh, kids 
trying to say something that they thought was going to be impressive to somebody who they follow on the internet. I don't know how anybody could watch that video and not think that's exactly what was happening. That's it. Yeah, there's a lot of layers to it. Uh, I mean, you know, on one hand, like there, there is an element of this is just 12 year olds being 12 year olds, but obviously they're 12 year olds saying something crazy and they're saying something crazy because of what they heard this, this person say on the internet. And they think that's either what he wants to hear, or they just think it's funny. And I do get it. Like, you know, if uh, Sneeko was an influencer who just was like, now be young, nice little young men and mind your <laughs> manners and always treat everyone nice. Like they wouldn't remember that. They wouldn't think it's funny. They wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't be who he is. And there's an element of just, he says crazy stuff. Uh, and that's why he's he's remembered and even celebrated or whatever. Um, but it's funny, like as, as we were looking at today's episode, I, I saw this story and I asked my wife, like, was there anyone in our generation? We're like 90s kids uh, and early 2000s. But was there anyone in our generation who was like an equivalent to Sneeko and that that like parents were really outraged about or concerned about? And she said the same name that came into my mind when I asked myself the same question, which was Eminem. And it's funny because <laughs> Eminem, had, if you look at some of the, the lyrics that he has in his songs, they caused a lot of outrage back in the day because he's referring to like sexual violence, violence like across the board talking about marginalized that we call communities today and not a very nice light. And uh, if it's kind of like, if you're going to bring the censorship energy to Sneeko, where are you on, on the Eminem, I guess, but also it's just kind of weird to step back and think like we kind of didn't, I mean, outside of him, who's more of an artist and, and a, you know, a, a, obviously a rapper, we didn't have like social media influencers because we didn't really have social media. We had like MySpace and stuff back then. So there is a degree to which uh, Sneeko is sort of a new phenomenon and it's part of this new era that is, that does involve social media, but also that that is a response to this new era where men are being kind of feminized and there's the toxic masculinity that everyone's trying to tamp down on. And I could see a world in which this video goes viral. Uh, the response to it becomes, oh, now we need to tamp down on the speech of people like this even harder. Now we need to reinforce this message against toxic masculinity even harder. And that's not going to solve the underlying problem. Uh, it's just going to create more sneakers and even worse versions. So those are my thoughts. On yeah, this I mean, definitely there's going to be more. I would love to see like a sheet broken down of like who are the biggest influencers among each age demographic and then split up by like boys and girls just to get a view of like who they're watching day in and day out and what their major influences are because it's so interesting in the era that we live in that kids are being parented by somebody else who's like not their parent they're they're seeing their parent i think what was the the average that i read it was like the the u.s bureau of of labor statistics or something like that said that the average parent is spending like one and a half hours of quality time with their kid each day or something like that if that and if your kid is on a screen like eight hours a day or like even even shorter, two hours a day, they're getting more time with somebody else than they're getting with you. So I wonder who those people are and where we have little boys who are saying messages like this or even men who are sharing messages like this. On the flip side, just to, you know, give balance to this argument, we have women talking like this. He's just like a man. You just seem very misogynistic, yeah, realistically. Yeah, yeah. What is misogyny? <laughs> Why are you using words that you don't even know the definition no, of? No, no, that's not what I meant. I think, I think you are misogynistic, though. So what does misogynistic mean, though? Um, like, just so I know what you're calling me. Okay, so the reason I said it is just, again, based on the... the 
the... You just seem very misogynistic. Hey, I don't know that we're ever gonna get an answer on that one of what misogynistic means to them, but it is just like both of this is uh both of these are examples of like NPC behavior. You're just saying like what is expected of you to say in X moment, and that's what's happening. She goes, You just seem really misogynistic to me. Okay, what do you mean by that? Which should be a very, very easy phrase to <laughs> to define, like extremely easy. And maybe there's this element of being on camera and, you know, being caught in the moment. And maybe you do know the definition of that word or you're just spouting out words that you hear all the time from other women who uh, dislike men and are constantly accusing men of being misogynics, mis misogynists. That's probably what's happening there. And that, that's probably the reason that you can't define it because you've never even taken the time to look into the word. And you can just flippantly throw out these accusations without ever being confronted with the definitions of those words because that's what, just what we get away with now. Like we can just call anybody whatever we want, never have to substantiate the claim that we're making and never criticize for the claim that we're making. So to see that happen, just like in real time, please define the word and just straight crickets is, is hilarious to me. Hopefully they both went home and did a very quick Google search. It would have taken moments <laughs> to just clear that up. Uh, it's just wild. But this is like where where we're at now. For for every boy that does what was done in the Sneeko video, there's a woman who does what was done in this one. Gosh. I don't know that we have much more to talk about. I was going to get into this what about is a video, but maybe we will save that for another time. I might actually make a whole video about it. And I'm sure you guys have heard of this sort of phenomenon, at least in one way, shape or form. I saw a video on TikTok the other day of this Persian woman. And she's like, Persians never use, a, you know, vegetable peelers or fruit peelers. We just use our hands and a knife and we peel our fruit. And she's talking about it while she's doing it in this TikTok video. And the comments were like, what about people who don't have hands? What about people who, who can't use their hands and need, need fruit and vegetable peelers? What about this? What about that? You are being so ableist. This is so disgusting for you to talk about being able to peel fruits and vegetables with your own hands. I can't with this current <laughs> culture. I can't. And then a girl made- That never happened on MySpace for the record. So never happened. This, this is a new phenomenon with the alt generation. I guess so, man. I saw a video, another video, and this one has been circulating, getting a kind of kind of trending of this girl saying, you know, if you're a woman and you get your time of the month, this is a great soup that you can make. And it's made from beans. And there's like 20 different beans that you put in this soup. And one of the comments was like, what about people who don't eat beans? Are you for real? Move on, move on, scroll, go on to the next, go on to the next video. And I could talk about that with little, little small examples like the two that I just mentioned, but on a larger scale, we sort of are dealing with this what about me-ism where everybody feels like the smallest little crooks of who they are as a person needs to constantly be included in everything that they see all the time. And I don't know if the internet is enabling that. I don't know if it's like inclusivity that's enabling enabling that. One girl makes the argument that American individualism is what's creating this feeling of everybody needing to be included in everything, but it needs to stop. <laughs> my my drive-by theory on that would be that there we've created as a value as a society that like victimhood and, you know, it, victimhood is currency, but so is virtue signaling. And so when you are the one who gets to say, hey, what about 
oppressed group A? What about marginalized community B? Uh, when you are the one who gets to bring that up into the situation, there's a little bit of a reward in your brain, a little bit of, of you can pat yourself on the back and feel good about yourself because you were the person to acknowledge the, the person who's oppressed uh, that nobody else was pointing out. And, and we've just created, uh, we've set that as a value in society publicly now to where, because uh, we, we, we hear it preached in social media, we hear it preached on in the mainstream media and in, in Hollywood all the time with all the, the woke culture and virtue signaling. It's like we've we've made it so that if you're not oppressed, being an ally to the oppressed or being somebody who calls out oppression is being a good person. And so when you see these little innocuous uh, clips on social media, you being the one to point out how it's somehow problematic makes you uh, virtuous. And you get into like the, the Ibram Kendi style of thinking, which is like, it's not whether racism occurred in a scenario, it's where did the racism occur? Because we know that all of uh, society in 21st century America is saturated in racism. So you need a critically conscious people who are awakened and know they could see things the right way. You need enlightened people like us to be able to point those out. I think about Tom Sowell and the visions, visions of the anointed that he separates between people who are like, more practical in their thinking and people who believe that they're enlightened and can just illuminate the way to everybody uh, of the right way to be virtuous and moral. And, and how could you not uh, be as virtuous as me? And anyway, so there, there's my theory on uh, how we got here and what's energizing this whole energy. Gosh, it's going to be so unsustainable, too, because it's like, how can you possibly think through every intersection with every single thing that you do? If we're going to do this down to making soups and peeling fruits, we're going to be on the struggle bus for the rest of our lives. It's like that video that I showed you guys on an older show where it was just a bunch of woke people trying to have a meeting. And one guy gets up and he's like, excuse me, everybody in here is too loud and I, I have sensory issues, so can we please quiet down? And then another woman comes up and is like, you just misgendered me and this and that. And then it just devolves into the next person lining up to say a complaint about what just happened. And then you're like, what was this meeting even about? What were we here to deal with? What were we here to solve? Like, <laughs> Because if we're constantly just worried about every single intersection of inclusivity and meeting every single person's standards, nothing will get done. And on that note, let's get something done and go into super chats. <laughs> All right, let's do it. You know, as as you were saying that last bit, it reminded me of the 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 first story that about or the second story about the trans bathrooms. We have uh, one group that's marginalized and oppressed or whatever. So now the ninety eight percent of the population, ninety five that uh, is doesn't deal with this issue, has to accommodate the two to five percent or whatever that that do right. Um, we we live in a society increasingly organized around uh, virtue signaling and oppression. So fun times. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna try to speak up for these for those of y'all who say Screen. my mic is low. We're doing our best, dude. I've been trying uh, to figure out how to turn his volume up behind the scenes, guys. I'm I can't figure it out. Here, so I feel it peaking in my ears as I'm shouting. So sorry if I'm shouting at you guys. But uh, Joy Westbrook says, "Lovely top, Amala. Might see if I can make one similar to it." Sewing garments and making jewelry is what I'm doing most of the time I'm tuning in. <gasps> that is so awesome. That is one thing that in my life I need to learn how to do. My grandmother was a, a boss. I said was. She's still alive. Sorry, Grandma. Uh, <laughs> she can, like, sew anything. And when we were kids, I used to have, like, events at school or whatever. We did this uh, 
I forget, we were going, doing like a time traveling event at school where we had to wear clothes from a certain time period. And my grandma was like, yeah, let's just go get a pattern at the store and we'll go create a dress. I'm like, how do you do that? And I need to take sewing classes because I feel like that is such a good skill to have. So kudos to you. That is awesome. My wife's make crocheting, I think, a little blanket or sweater or something right now. She does it while we watch TV at night and stuff. I'm just I'm not trad wife stuff, enough. I, I guess. Uh, let's see. Rosewell, 1983, says, and why are Americans obsessed with race? I grew up in a homogenous society. A poor man was just poor. No one screamed about systematic oppression. As it is right now, diversity sounds like anti-white speech. You know what? USA. That's what we do here. <laughs> we are all about that race. We're all about that race. Uh, and she's from Norway, it looks like, by the way, giving a ah, Norwegian crown. So gotcha. Uh, Christopher Alcine, or Alcine, I don't know, says, uh, love you guys. Want to elab from Last Live with Amir Odom. Gay men take steroids, jocks, or gain weight, bears, to reenact grinder in real life, kinks slash fetish. Wait, and what? That's where I believe the sexualized nature of pride started. Whoa, whoa, whoa to reenact what i'm confused i heard reenact grinder i get i get what you said in the first part you lost me at the reenactment part i don't understand exactly what that means reenact grinder in real life because are those like do you select like yes. your type on grinder oh like based okay on those animals or whatever like <laughs> animals and jocks and, it's bears you know i don't jocks know it's not an animal is it <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> i love that like that's a spirit so animal you know do you have like a gay animal i get just... what i think you're they're saying because gay people have been broken down into categories which we kind of touched on like the bear the jock the twink or whatever now they ha they feel the need to pick a category and then make themselves into that category in real life in whatever way that that means so like bears uh <laughs> Do we want to get into this? We won't get too deep into this, but are typically bigger individuals, so they'll they will get fatter. Um. So yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Christopher, for that super chat. For all um, of our uh, Christian listeners, uh, yeah, we're giving a lesson more on more now than I already was. Sexuality. Uh, <laughs> uh. Oh my gosh. Bayani <laughs> Ibianu says, uh, "Sorry for the random question. Was there ballet in your dance theater history?" Dance the no, I just did musical theater and I did a local theater in the town where I'm from. Uh, shout out to that theater. Never really took real dance classes. I'm talking really amateur, like middle school, high school musical theater community, you know, based stuff. So never took a ballet class. Although my best friend in school was super good at ballet, and I believe she still does it to this day. V cool. All right. Ortelia Rose says, Hey guys, it's my first super chat. Thanks, Ortelia. Uh, anyways, I love your videos and the fact that you are fair and try to listen to all sides, unlike the far left side. Oh, thank you very much. And I appreciate this being your, your first super chat. Welcome in. And I'm glad that you enjoy the show. We do try to be fair. Sometimes it's hard, but we <laughs> try. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Mape sends a super chat. No message. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you. Bond77581 says it may already be happening but wait until trans girls change and shower with other girls this world's gone to crap in a handbasket oh i mean it, ha it definitely has happened in certain uh this locker Riley rooms Gaines. yeah riley Gaines with leah thomas uh there was a 
what, what I don't remember the school, so I'm not going to put it out there, but there was certainly some locker room stuff going on. Uh, a YMCA had trouble with uh, people getting exposed. We spas Taylor mentioned in the show here in LA had a problem with that. So it's happening. All right. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, okay. Isabella short says, thanks for another great stream. I enjoy the show while I'm grooming dogs. I appreciate the perspective you guys have on headlines and trends. Heart emoji. Oh, thank you so much. That's so great. What an interesting job. I, I don't know whether or not that would be a fun job or miserable, depending on the dog you have, I would imagine. I don't know why, but my brain got, I've been, I'm on social media too much and my brain got triggered for a second. And then you're like, while I'm grooming and I was like, I'm grooming dogs. I literally thought we need a t-shirt that says like groom pets, not kids. Oh God. (laughs) Horrible. Somebody Uh, will make that though. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's Amala merch coming at you. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You're fired. Uh, (laughs) You're fired. Uh, let's see. It's grapes says I was thinking about the Monty Python biggest, biggest bit yesterday. Does that count? Otherwise I think it, the library of, I, I think of the library of Alexandria's burning. I haven't seen Monty Python since I was a wee lad. So I don't know the reference. I think it's a Roman empire bit. Maybe they were doing. So that's why uh, they're asking. Does that count? If you're thinking of a comedy sketch. I guess that counts. If it's, if it's about the Roman empire, that counts. Close enough. Uh, Alex says, Hey there gang. Honest. I'm honestly bamboozled by the Roman empire question. I literally never think about that. And I'm surprised others do. Same here, dude. We're in the same boat because that is virtually never crossed my mind. I get it with men because men are like, manliness, ah, gladiators and stuff. And I, yeah, exactly. Stoicism, you know? I mean, that's Greek, I guess, but I'm Sparta. Sparta. Is that, is that Roman? <laughs> no, Sparta's uh, Greek or oh. like Macedonian, Oops. I guess. But, my apologies. Uh, close enough. Close enough for government work. And all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Mapes, another super chat. No message. Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you. Uh, Dean Hunt says, Calvin Robertson, Robertson spits facts. The UK is super diverse today. Doesn't matter how it was hundreds of years ago. FFS, why make up BS? Yeah, dude. I was like, uh, when I went to London for the second time this year, it, there's literally diversity everywhere uh i mean it looks just like america for the most part right outside my hotel was like this huge parade of uh the like Hare krishnas going through the street i mean thousands upon thousands and everybody was just like cheering happy having a good time i don't know this whole like it's fundamentally racist and there's still all these you know withstanding problems i just don't see it i could get it on an individual basis but it does not seem like the government there is racist at all uh, Extro says, I'm still shocked at how advanced we as a species have become, yet we still can't manage to get past the color of our skin. It's just so strange to me. It's very, very weird. I think one day this too shall pass. You hope. We'll we'll evolve to where this doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, or everything's going to unravel. One of the two. Uh, <laughs> Depending on the Same. day, you know, ask me how I feel. But mm-hmm. uh, Monica Leah says, are woke people going to say next that the Great Wall of China was built by black people? <laughs> CCP would not let anybody say that in CCP controlled media. Yeah, no, that would not work. True. Not that I'm advocating for a controlled media, but they would not let that slide. I tell you that. Negatron. 
Franklin says you you'll see people attempting to white erase history more and more. Taylor was destined to become a Roman emperor and save all of humanity. Lizzo built Stonehenge. (laughs) (laughs) You guys put the most interesting takes in your super chats. I love it. I I also love having Taylor read those. (laughs) Yeah, those are three disparate uh, sentences, uh, but in one uh, fascinating super chat. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Franklin. Capser07 says, hey, Amal and Taylor, this is my first live, and I just wanted to say thanks for opening my mind to the other side political-wise and voicing your opinions in a professional matter rather than yelling. I'm yelling now, so uh, you do get some yelling on today's show. (laughs) It's a joy to watch you guys. Have I ever yelled on this show? You guys let me know. Have I ever yelled? Maybe Uh, when we did the hot sauce day. Yeah, and I laugh too much. That's that's another thing. Uh, But... Maybe we need to bring some more yelling into the show <laughs> one of these days. Uh, let's see. Mana Kalia again says, uh, Viking groups were not multicultural in the sense of what woke people mean by multicultural. Mm-hmm. Vikings had people from different ethnicities who traveled with them, but those right. ethnicities were white. Hey, there we go. I don't know that much about Vikings. I think Taylor is our resident Viking researcher on the show if we ever need <laughs> one. Uh, but, you know, that Very sounds about right. Skill. You know, every now and then it is when that How to Train Your Dragon movie comes out. (laughs) From what I understand, they like mostly, I mean, they went all over, but mostly colonized uh, like places in the UK, Ireland, coast of Ireland, coast of England. Ireland. Uh, And when they got there, they would kill the men and keep slaves uh, for uh, the women and children or whatever, or keep uh, male slaves as workers or anything. Oh, what a uh, lovely people. White white on white slavery. (laughs) Then it's like... Why do you why do you want to reclaim that as black? If they're going around like murdering and <laughs> raping and pillaging, why why do you want to be like you know what? Those are the ones. We were those us. ones. <laughs> uh, weird. Uh, uh, Demonoxy says, chipping in for your new crib. Chipping in for your new crib, <gasps> Amala. I just put one P there. Confuse me for a second. Uh, question to Taylor from a fellow beach volleyball player. Do you play left Ooh. or right block or defense or guards? Oh, shoot. Wow. Oh, shoot. I'm so, I can talk about this all day. I need to start a new podcast, but I generally play left in doubles. Uh, and I am not, I, I'm, I'm a blocker usually because I'm like 6'2. Um, but at higher levels, you're playing, usually your blocker is going to be like a 6'4, 6'5 person. Um, so then I'll play defender there but i'm usually playing with more like mid people so um i'm usually the better option for blocking Uh oh don't let (laughs) don't let his uh, fellow players see this you just called him mid (laughs) you know mid height i don't know whatever (laughs) these days i'm just playing fours in tennessee there's not quite the same uh, beach volleyball scene out here as there was in la where i got into it so um yeah just playing four on four uh, let's see. Alex again says what I will say about the Sneeko thing is that he's not the only guy in the red pill space, but if this is what kids are taking away, then that's really bad. Even though I agree with people like Sneeko on, on or fresh and fit. Yeah, I agree with some of the things that, that Sneeko says, but I could certainly see if you're like putting it through a 12 year old's mind filter, how you might not get the best result in what they, they take away and, uh, what is absorbed clearly. I think there are much better uh, masculine figures for uh, a kid in that age group. But alas, here we are. Alas. Uh, Journey of an Introvert says, I keep being asked by leftists how I am such a compassionate person and conservative. 
it makes it always makes me laugh that they think conservative equals evil. They just need to broaden their world a little bit, get a little bit more, meet a, meet a few more conservative people, go down to the South and experience some of that Southern hospitality, and then they'll know. <laughs> That's like on that uh, Jubilee video we reacted to where the one of the gay guys was like, yeah, when I go to these Republican meetings and these conservative towns and stuff, uh, I'm treated great. Nobody mm-hmm. discriminates against me. And they're like, well, you had that experience, but the rest of them are, are horrible. And yeah. They attack you and they're evil. And then Amir's like, I live in Nashville. I mean, it's chill here too. Delulu. Like their experience isn't valid. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, let's see y'all. Uh, Journey of an Introvert says, I keep being asked by leftists how I'm such a compassionate person. Oh, I just read that. Oh my gosh. Uh, just kidding. You got to double read a Journey of an Introvert. <laughs> Uh, Anna Brego says, I, uh, good evening from Norway. As a Norwegian, I do not appreciate the way Viking history is being adapted to fit today's agenda about strong black women. Uh, there were no black female Jarls in Hakon's time. Yeah, Jarl Hakon was the person I was uh, talking uh-huh. about earlier that they race swapped. Yeah, I just have a feeling we're going to get to a point if we continue down this trajectory where nobody's going to know anything accurate about history. And then that's going to be left to like a handful of people who are going to be like ancient history. They're going to be like the the Tom Souls of history who actually have facts and they're just going to be old relics within human existence. And it's going to be crazy. Like history could die out if you just continue fabricating things like this. Luckily, it's still being called out, though. So that's good. Yeah, it's that. I just remember that Orwell quote. I had to Google it real quick, but he said uh, he who controls the past controls the future. So you can rewrite History, make it all confusing for folks. Right. Going to get ugly. Um, Let's see. Devante says, Amla, as someone who is right-leaning in L.A., what recommendations do you have in terms of how I can meet people who are more like-minded in L.A.? Ooh, that's an interesting question. You know, I'm actually, I, I don't know that I have any, like, direct things that I could say to you. I would just say, you know, for the most part, I have not had trouble with people being like rude to me because of my political affiliation or or what I do. I go to the same places as everybody else. And, you know, some of my friends are left leaning, some of my friends are right leaning. And everybody, for the most part, takes it really well. And if you just have a good energy about you and are, you know, a nice, you know, charitable, generous person, you will find other people who are exactly like that. I love going to like, just like bars here and there, go to play pool, go to dance, and just, you know, always end up gravitating towards just nice people of all different backgrounds. So just do activities that you're interested in, and I can guarantee you will find people that either your friendship is like based on that activity or hobby, or they also happen to share the same the same values as you, and that's super cool as well. Yeah, and I'll yeah. say from my time in LA, like I hung out with, I had like a really big friend group of uh I don't know, a lot of people, but they're all through volleyball. And most of them, I never talked about politics one time with and Mm -hmm. didn't lead with that. But we had great friendships and did tons of stuff together. If you're looking for people who share your values specifically, I mean, for me, I had church for that. I worked at PragerU, so I met some people through that. Uh, But maybe there's other groups or, you know, uh, online meetup type things that are specifically around those affiliations that you can get a part of. We have a Discord server that you can join that you have that virtually. And maybe there's someone who lives in the same area as you. Uh, so there's ways, but uh, yeah, I would encourage you like, don't make all the relationships all about politics um, and you'll find a lot more friends. Yeah. Uh, 
let's see. Sean Ricard says, um, what about people who don't speak English? Angry emoji. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I want to watch your show, but I don't speak English. Like, what, what about me? That's as, probably I can almost guarantee somebody has said that at some point or or another. What about meism is is super strong. There's always something to say. I <laughs> love that. <laughs> yeah, you can always find it. It's like that game we used to play. Like, can we make it offensive or can we make it racist? Right. Like, any scenario, any situation, any like title of a movie or anything, you can just call racist and find a problem. We with. need to bring that game back. Maybe for Fun Fridays, we will bring back How to Make It yeah. Racist again. <laughs> how to Make It Racist plus spicy uh, sauce. Oh, gosh. Hot ones. Subject me to that. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. Racist hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Alex again said that guy should have asked those women what the term for hatred of men is because uh, I doubt they would have known it because it's okay to hate on men every day. Yeah, they probably wouldn't have. I don't know that their uh, their vocabulary bank is as vast as uh, one might want it to be, given the whole misogyny thing. Tragic. Tragicistan, as I say. Pop quiz. What's the word? Miss Andre. Miss Andre. Okay. Oh, you know look at you that. I've been watching a lot of Jeopardy lately, so I'm like, either you know it or you don't. You know, you I love, I'm a freaking Jeopardy kid. My grandparents used to watch, I don't know why I keep saying my grandparents in the past tense as if they're not alive, <laughs> but my grandparents watch Jeopardy every single night. So I like grew up on, on Alex Trebek and, and watching all that stuff. So just, I, I love Jeopardy. Yeah, I discovered there's a there's a TV streaming app called Pluto TV, and it's free. And mm -hmm. uh, they have a 24-hour Jeopardy channel with all the classic episodes and everything. So That's dope. I just throw that on while I eat my breakfast or something and get a little smarter. You learn a thing or two. It's crazy how much <laughs> those people know. It's insane. I'm like, insane. I wish I was smart enough to be a Jeopardy contestant at one point in my life. There's no way. I get like six or seven questions an episode. Yeah, it's tough. Horrible. But it's also like it's it's intelligence, but it's just like retaining information. It's like how do you just have that right. much information in your brain? Uh, anywho, Alex again says that. Oh no, I just said that. Uh, Christopher Alcine number two says, "Sorry for the confusion. I can't afford the really expensive super chats to elaborate more, but still love you guys That's okay. so much." <laughs> Last name is Alcine. Okay. Ah, so thank you. One so much. One of the much. times I said it, I said it right. There we go. One of the times. As long as you got it once, it's all that matters. And I didn't know the longer super chats or the more expensive super chats let you say more. I don't I know. know. They last longer. But I honestly I don't, don't know how super chats work. So. <laughs> we just do it, guys. Yeah, we just read them. We just we just work here. Yeah. We don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, one more says Alex says not gonna lie, but I was like, what in the world am I listening to? As you guys were talking about grinder, all of the things. So hit that like button. Yeah, um, I don't. Maybe we we don't. We won't elaborate that. Probably elaborate on that in the future of the show. <laughs> I don't Nobody know. Nobody that, we'll, that. Yeah, we'll, that will revisit Grinder. <clears throat> oh, one more from Christopher says, but yes, you guys understand more or less, and that is what introduced sex acts in the street. Oh, we're going right back to it. Gotcha. So, uh, so I was right. Blair White Pride Month. Uh, 2023 is a mess. She's good. Okay. I do. I do like Blair. I saw that Blair's going to be on a Jubilee episode. So I'm very excited to see that because I follow her uh, on Instagram. And 
she posted like this whole story about how I just did the Jubilee and it got crazy and we went after each other or whatever. Blair gives me kind of cognitive dissonance because she is conservative, but trans or whatever, but I can just go off the actual political talking points that are used and the cultural talking points that are used. Uh, maybe Blair will be on the show uh, at some point. I, I can reach out and set that up if that's what you guys want. Maybe for the Jubilee episode when it comes out, that would be dope to analyze yeah. that. Uh, Kathy S says, congrats on the new channel regarding the rewriting of history or welcomes to mind. The most effective way to destroy people is to deny and obliterate their own understanding of their history. Yup. And if you start with like kids who are seven years old and telling them that black people build Stonehenge, who knows where it goes from there? It kind of sounds like ridiculous. Like, why are we even talking about it? But once you start of like compile these narratives and, you know, structure them together and place them on top of one another, it's going to be weird. Also... What's going to happen when black people start to replace white history and call it black history? Won't that then erase your narrative of being oppressed by like the whites who controlled everything? Like if you are, in fact, the people who built Stonehenge and, you know, the British Empire and you were a part of this and that and Queen Charlotte was actually black and all this stuff and Cleopatra was actually black, then when were you oppressed? I don't know how that works. Please let me know. <laughs> Kamala just Uno reversed that on him. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like oh, you're it. not gonna be able to complain about slavery anymore if you telling if you're telling me like you were the ones who were in power, in fact, and that you guys had a hand in this stuff happening. Even though y'all we know the black people in Africa did, but I digress. Yeah, you'd be like Christopher Columbus was black. Okay, so now colonization and uh, all that's a good thing. Yeah, no, dude. Oh, I was freaking watching uh, Bridgerton. I think it was season two when they had the the Indian family uh, that were trying to, you know, marry off their daughters and, you know, get in relationships or whatever. And at one point you're saying that Indian women in particular, because these were three women, a mother and two daughters. So you're saying... Indian women in particular were part of, you know, the English elite and they were able to come and, you know, go back and forth with some of the most elite in society and in fact, even marry them. But then you also want to tell me that India was completely and utterly colonialized and like held underneath the thumb of the British Empire. So which one is it? And I get it that Bridgerton is fictional and all this stuff. But if you start to rewrite it that way and claim that these things are true or this very well could have happened, then where did your oppression go? I don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, make it make sense. Just Jellyfish Please. says, I'm really curious what you think of YouTubers, the offensive tranny and J. Greg, Greg Yavera. Marcus is conservative and trans. Greg is special. I've never seen uh, their their content. I think I've seen thumbnails for the offensive tranny, but I've never seen their content in particular. So I'd have to check that out before I can tell you how I feel about it. But I'm pretty sure they are more like on the classically liberal slash maybe a little you know, right of center on things. Uh, and if that's the case, I'd be willing to hear him out and see what I think. Uh, Jimmy Bobby says, love for a race is the opposite of hatred for another race because loves come, love comes from love while hate comes from hatred. You, I, you just took me on a ride and I completely blocked all of that out of <laughs> <laughs> my understanding. <laughs> say that again. Okay, I'm with you with, uh, love for a race is the opposite of hatred for another race. I mean, to an extent, uh, because love comes from love while hate comes from hate. I remain confused. So 
I don't know. I don't know. It's like a person with love in their heart is going to love all races. A person with hate in their heart is going to hate all races, maybe. I, if that's what you're saying, then I agree. I think. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the uh, ethical challenge or whatever to try to figure that one out. Yeah. I'm going to have to revisit <laughs> that, honestly and truly. Uh, Austin Hickey says, have you been to Canada? The Telegraph put out a documentary recently about... How Canada, my home, is a woke warning to the world. Just invade us, please. I have never been to Canada. There was one time where I might have had the opportunity to go to Canada to give a speech uh, with Dennis. But because of the whole COVID regulation stuff that was going on at the time, we gave an e-speech over Zoom. We were like on these huge Zoom screens in an auditorium where people were like sitting there in person watching us, which was like so strange and, and interesting. So that was fun, but never been to Canada. Hmm. I've been to Can- I've been fishing in Canada a couple of times. Oh, nice! You just went there specifically to fish. Yeah, it's like it's a great, uh, awesome fishing up there. I'm, I'm my family's originally from Minnesota, and so apparently Minnesota is not far enough north. So you got to mm. drive another sixteen hours up through International Falls into Canada and go to these awesome lakes that are on these uh, reserves. And yeah, it's, every time you Minnesota. cast, you catch something. It's awesome. It's beautiful. Nice. But staying away from the cities in Canada. Y'all crazy. <laughs> uh, let's see. Fishman Taco says, hello, how's your day going? It's going good. We're chilling. Better with you here, Fishman Tacos 37. Yeah. Uh, D Wise just sends a super chat, no message. I Chai says, uh, I had time around liberals who were so far left, but never was really, was it really explicitly said that red was but it was just a quote-unquote known you have once again made me confused (laughs) you you I, i had time around liberals who were so far left but never was it explicitly said that red was but period it was just a known maybe the butt was a typo so anyways i don't know i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry that you gave your money and i cannot figure out what you said I apologize. But we're very grateful Profusely. for you. <laughs> um, Dixon Butts says, can't catch the live ever since the time change. Just wanted to say congrats on going independent. Whoa, where are you, Dixon? Where, where are you that this time change is so gnarly for you? Let us know yeah. in the chat down below. Don't super chat me. Just let me know. In the chat down below. <laughs> just say it. Just, just say it. Xtro again says, he who pat controls the past controls the future. George Orwell, whoever controls the spice controls the universe vladimir harkonnen the spice is it the space was it supposed to be the space spice uh space would make more sense if you're talking about the universe but maybe spice but maybe spice you gotta control that spice (laughs) control that spice level me and taylor are spice gods so uh i think we control the universe yeah we both like spicy food yep and I think if I didn't miss anybody, I think that is the last super chat of the day. Okay, guys, if that's the last super chat of the day, thank you so much for watching. We greatly appreciate it. Leave a comment down below how you feel about the different stories that we covered today. We talked about Emma Roberts and a possibly transphobic moment with a fellow actor on AHS 1890, no, 1884, 1984. 
gosh, my numbers are all over the place. Pennsylvania students who staged a walkout to protest the idea that biological males should be able to go into female bathrooms. A book that is being given to seven-year-olds that says that black people built Stonehenge. Very interesting. And Sneeko plus what about meism? Drop your thoughts in the comments down below. Let me know how you feel about what we discussed. As always, if you disagree, duke it out in the comments, but do so respectfully. And if you like this video and you had fun on this stream, please like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we are live. And if you'd like to support the show now that we're independent, you guys can sign up as patrons on Patreon. All the tiers are virtually the same, although they are at different price points. So give whatever it is that you want if that message resonates with you. If not, you can still kick it here with us on the show and we will have content for you every single day. Guys, have a fantastic rest of your day. Goodbye. I don't know why that was crickets. Goodbye. This is gonna work. <laughs> I love my little soundboard, guys. Eventually, I'm just going to be using the soundboard all the time. I can uh, mod my voice. Which is great. We can do this on the show now. And maybe this is how I'm going to say goodbye to you today. Have a fantastic rest of your day. I will see you tomorrow with a video about comedian Hassan Minaj. It's going to be very fun. Peace out, guys. Okay.